The Bop Pod, a podcast for the stands. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Bop Pod. I'm your host, Alana Michelle Rubin, and today I'm joined by the lovely, the hilarious Melissa Rich. Hi, Melissa. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. I'm so glad you're here. How are you, Melissa? How is your day? How's your week after the fourth going? You know, I feel kind of psycho I feel like I have not Mm -hmm. slept since I keep saying I haven't slept since COVID ended and that's a completely incorrect (laughs) thing to say the rest of the world is sorry it was kind of like the vibe of fourth of July being like oh we're celebrating COVID being over it's like "Mm, okay we're celebrating selfishly as the rest of the world suffers great very American yes Yes, but yeah it it does feel like you know (laughs) That's like a vibe, not, you know, not sleeping yeah. since COVID has ended is definitely a feeling. I I am deep in that, very much in that. I'm kind of <laughs> just like running on fumes all the time. My house is a mess, but I'm having a great time. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, and that's what's important. I, I also yes. feel that when like my social life is very busy, my apartment looks just like I don't know. Just like nobody should live there, you know, just decrepit and bad. Literally looks like I got robbed actively. There's the direct correlation. The more fun I'm having, the more I'm living in complete squalor. Yeah. Yes, I agree. It's actually <laughs> my house was burglarized when I was like 16. And oh my God. the people only. Yeah, it was it was nuts. Uh, it's a whole thing. Um, we can reserve another episode for it. But sure. essentially, I walked into the house like right after like they were exiting as I was entering my house. And oh, my God. So when, Wait, so you saw them? <laughs> yeah, I what saw was- the backs of them. They were like running down the driveway. Oh, my God. Were they? <laughs> they were men right or no they were men they were three okay. men yeah okay okay I, d- I didn't know anything else about them just that they were men just three men running out of your house with like giant sacks of treasure or what like what do they so they only made it to my room and at that time um well I I guess like I've always been a person who like had things that like I shouldn't have like no person who like looked like me or who was my age should have the things that I had (laughs) in some ways and the most specific item I can think of for that is I had this like just the most gaudiest ring with my name on it it was like a a ring nameplate uh and it was it was diamond it was white gold with diamonds in it (laughs) and it makes it sound like my parents were not rich yeah they took it that's they, the lamest thing I have ever heard. What fucking mm-hmm. loser adult men are robbing a teenage girl of her nameplate ring? Yeah. And, and you know, a digital camera and a camcorder full of, no. you know, videos and documentation of my friends and I hanging out at Applebee's. So, well, <laughs> just really crucial footage. Stuff. Yeah. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> I am sorry. That's fucking lame. What losers. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, it took a long time to get over it. I'm probably not over it. Uh, we're probably still sure, breaking sure. it down in therapy. Yeah. But what I I wanted to bring it up because when I remember going into my room after they had like just ransacked everything, I remember being like, it doesn't look 
that much that's different. different. <laughs> <laughs> like just there are drawers on the floor and maybe sure. that's not something I sure. would do. But that's it is so like funny. just the messiness does reflect the busyness, I think. Absolutely. And you know what? I think it would really throw the robbers off. If they came into my room, they'd be like, actually, I this is too much for me. And <laughs> I think we're going to try a different yeah. place. So maybe that's part of the I'm plan. overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That is a really great point. So <laughs> if everyone is listening to this, the one takeaway I hope you're all gathering is that you should keep your houses messy to avoid yes. um, crime happening. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that's been the plan the whole time. Um, amazing. So I feel like that's a good segue into, you know, childhood and mm. the music that's impacted you um yeah. that is the best segue i've ever done i will that say that was gorgeous that was gorgeous <laughs> thank you thank you um so yeah we're here to talk specifically about the spice girls and ashley simpson and you know the impact that they had on you so i mean i'd like to first talk about spice girls because yeah. they were as as a young child they were hugely i think influential on just like my behavior you know yeah. what i went into the world with so i guess if we can start off do you remember like the day that you heard a spice girl song for the first time or what song it was or like paint the scene what was happening that's a good question i don't know that i remember the exact day but I will say, so for two years, randomly, my family moved to San Antonio, Texas when I was eight. And that, like those two years, those were like the years for the Spice Girls for me. Like not just mm -hmm. those two, but I was like, those are the ones that I really, really remember it. So like we we're kind of living this new place and all of a sudden, you know, we moved from Michigan. So it was like, Oh my God, it's summer all the time. There's a fucking sea world. There's six flag parks. Like it was just like fun. It was just a fucking, it was mm -hmm. a blast. So I'm eight and I've always, I don't know what exactly. I mean, I'm sure my therapist has a lot of ideas, but I just wanted to literally live exactly as I do now from the time I was, I would say starting seven, eight years old. I was just like, I want to <laughs> hang out with my friends. I want to have a car. And I want to have a good time. And my mom was like, mm -hmm. you're a child. Like, you need to relax. And I think that the Spice Girls <laughs> had a bit of an influence on me with that. Because I was like, this is the life. This is it. Mm -hmm. Like, fun girlfriends. Really good outfits. Like, everything in Spice World. Like, I was just like, Ugh. this is living. This is, this is being yeah. a woman, first of all. This is, like, life. Like being a girl. That literally taught me how to be a woman. Yeah, and the double decker bus, you know, I feel like oh that is God. that really pulls it all together. It's like you have the double decker bus that somehow fit several <laughs> sleeping spaces really just blew me away and Truly. I I was so envious of everything they had in that movie. Completely. Um, but yeah, I can relate like I think I was a very shy kid myself, so you know, when I always envisioned growing up, I was like so outside of my comfort zone I talked to anybody I made so many friends so my vision was very similar um, mm -hmm. and I think that really maybe motivated me a little bit in like you know yeah just moving outside my comfort zone and navigating yeah. new like friendships and things do you feel like it did any of that because I mean their whole messaging or the messaging they tried to promote maybe that was squalored a little bit by the media but the messaging was you know female empowerment girl power like female friendship so yeah. did that sort of play a role too absolutely and I think like their version of feminism is so cool and 
ahead of its time in a way because I feel like there was kind of like the third wave coming in in the sense that maybe they did even start the third wave in that sense mm-hmm. where it's like no we're gonna be fun and sexual and like kind of slutty and cool and I don't know I think that like I for some reason was never like oh girls do not have power like mm-hmm. I didn't really come from like a super feminist home but I was just kind of like yeah duh about that but I felt like it was just so innate with them that it literally permeated through my behavior as well. And I think that like the example of female friendship Mm -hmm. was hugely formative for me, particularly because of the way they interacted with each other, the way they joked around, the way they like had fun. I love the way they partied too. Like we really didn't see a ton of that from American pop stars. Mm -hmm. First of all, because when they're women, they were separate. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have the big girl bands here. It was like Christina Aguilera, Jessica Simpson, Britney Spears just kind of pitted against each other, marketed against each other, all selling the same product. So I yeah. think that like the uniform nature of like women being friends and successful together was huge. Yeah, there I, I completely agree. It was I don't know. I, I think like the, the media in both countries was kind of similar where they you know, they there was somehow still like a push to get them to like not rival against each other. Maybe there were actually rivalries within the group, but they really focused on that and not the female empowerment angle that sure. they really wanted to be known for. And I think that's that's always that always seems to be the saddest thing to me about uh, musicians from that time specifically, where it was like the I think so much of the culture was ready for forward progression and still I mean even now the media has like its claws in these like antiquated sort of structures that Mm. can sort of ruin the messaging of these bands a lot of times so I think that's a really important thing that you bring up and really interesting when it comes to especially the Spice Girls um to sort of deviate just from that serious (laughs) serious little moment right into it my thesis in the first two minutes of the podcast yeah burn it all down yeah everyone is living a lie um maybe not well yeah anyways uh is there a was there a Spice Girl that like you and your friends uh identified with or you know did everyone in like your friend group have, you know, a right? Which Spice Girl were group? you? Right, right, yeah. right. Here's the fucked up thing for me, is first of all, my name Melissa, you know, and having brown hair, everyone's kind of like, okay, sporty. But I was mm-hmm. not sporty. I hated sports, so I feel like sometimes I was forced into being sporty. You know, when we're like playing, you know, whatever. And do I love yeah. Melanie Chisholm? Yes. And you know, <laughs> for any listeners that haven't checked out her solo career, get on that Spotify. She's a yep. you know some great. So I love, I loved her. I loved all of them. But Jerry was my favorite always. Mm. I just thought she was like you know, the funniest, the coolest, and she had big tits. And I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> good for that. Yeah. Like, she just was everything. It, it really felt like out of the five of them, she was the one that really carried this uh, owning her sexuality mm. the yeah. most. I still don't know what the angle was with Baby Spice. You know, was it like, are we uh, like fetishizing babies or what? It, like playing into some fantasy of so i would hope (laughs) that it's a bit satirical yeah but i don't know that it is but i will say we're still seeing that i we see that in ariana grande absolutely and you know the 
it's of course a fetishization of you know youth as mm-hmm. permeates throughout our culture in many ways but like that's a good question I think I would be curious to know how much they influence their own caricatures mm-hmm. I would think that they did have a bit to do with it because as far as I know like they all like you know got placed in the band lived in this house together like it was a lot of their influence I believe do yeah. I know that for sure no <laughs> but I, it's hard I always had this romantic idea that like all these bands like even NSYNC or Backstreet Boys or like <laughs> oh, Dream they were all friends. Yeah. yeah they were all friends totally. from before they had this dream together I mean not dream because I think they were literally put together on that show <laughs> pop star totally. but all the other ones and then you find out that that wasn't the case and it does take like a little bit of the shine away um but it does, yeah, it felt like they actually did like each other, at least like in the beginning, I think. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite album or song? Oh, my God. So I think, I mean, the first album, obviously huge. But the second album that, I mean, I say it like there's only two, but it's like kind of there's only two. Um, mm-hmm. I love Never Give Up on the Good Times. I think it's oh. like such an insane, like cool disco hit. Mm-hmm that comes out of kind of nowhere in Spice World, if you remember, that is, I believe, the club scene. Or is that, no, that's Who Do You Think You Are? I feel like those are my two favorite songs. Never Get Up the Good Time and Who Do You Think You Are? I don't I don't remember the scene it's in, but before this episode, I was like, damn, I wish I really did have time to rewatch the movie right Spice after. World? Yeah. Totally. It's tough right, to before. find, honestly. I did like an illegal download of it and watched <sighs> it last summer and it's really fantastic and it's just like so so hilarious first of all the director of absolutely fabulous directed it and there's like the um the eddie cameo in it and everything and you can just tell it's like that sort of 90s british humor just really hits me it's just like i'm like this was the moment and this they nailed it they just yeah. absolutely nailed it and you know they had a blast they filmed it like over the summer it's just like it's just good fucking vibes oh my god i gotta i gotta find it because i definitely the last time i watched it was so long ago like maybe i watched it in college but even then i don't think my like sense of humor was fully formed sure. so to, i think i would love to rewatch it now. i mean i think i took it dead seriously when i saw yeah. it like i don't know <laughs> i'm sure you know as a nine-year-old or whatever that I was not privy to all of the, you know, British references and humor. But I was just like, I mean, the fashion alone was so influential. I just remember being like, this is how you can live. Like this, you can have fun and be like hot and funny and just have a good time. Yes. Oh my God. I mean, the bodycon dresses, like, Oh Even God. I did want to be Sporty Spice um, yeah. at the time. And I mean, <laughs> it's pretty her, indicative of her, who I am now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. her outfits are amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, especially now, I feel like literally that style is everywhere. Yeah. And I also think she's like, like, I think Ginger Spice is like a gay icon. And I think Sporty mm-hmm. Spice is just the gayest herself. The like, gayest, she might absolutely. not actually be gay, but she somehow the character of sporty spice is the guys yeah and as i like navigate my like sexual identity i feel like it makes sense that that's the one i like gravitated most to so um that's cool that you bring that up because i also i'm bisexual and i always wonder i'm like 
you know, how direct was that for me? Not that they were like speaking in terms and not that they were queer baiting in any way, Mm -hmm. but I think that their sexual openness and like affection with each other, not like steering away from that. Of course there was the maybe queer baiting of late, which was Mm -hmm. when they were trying to sell concert tickets and they were like, Jerry and Mel B hooked up, which took over my entire weekend, mind you. (laughs) I was like, I knew it. This is the best news that I'd gotten all year. Yeah, it does fulfill the fantasy a little bit, of course. for sure. Yeah. yeah, I do think about it. I mean, I, I think I more identify with, like, being bisexual now. And when I was a kid, I was so, like, boy crazy that it, I don't think mm-hmm. the thought really ever crossed my mind. But, like, and I think that's the thing also about being bisexual is, like, you never know if, like, the women that you really admired were, like, people you were, like, sexually attracted to or you just yeah. wanted to become. And exactly. So like with the Spice even Girls, now, yeah, anyone even I'm trying to do now, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> do I want to exactly. be though? <laughs> exactly, it's so strange. But I, I definitely like felt that way with the Spice Girls for sure. It's also interesting, just commercially, what we were being sold mm-hmm. at the time, where it's like, okay, yes, girl power, and then also these are the boys that you should be in love with. This yeah. is the bands, like this is everything. Because I was like. I think that's also how I like learned to have feelings for men mm-hmm. in an insane way where it was like the obsessive love that I had for Taylor Hansen. Oh my God. Nick Lachey <laughs> for a bit. Taylor Hansen was like a weird one for me. And also that one is kind of like, okay, bye. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, we knew when that one. They're, they're literally <laughs> boys that look like girls. Yeah. Um, then like the Justin Timberlake and, you know, I don't remember who I loved with Backstreet Boys. I guess it was Nick, but I think it was also like Kevin. I think it was like. Oh my God. Kevin, Twist. Which is very mature. Yeah. Yeah. That's like. Um, dark okay we need another episode for that (laughs) no we do and like also I'm gonna make a note to talk to my therapist about that one (laughs) um but I think that like that informed our generation and I'm sure it's you know still happening I'm so Mm -hmm. like behind on who like everyone is in love with now as you know Gen Z but it's like we were I think ripe for the commercialization yeah and I think you like make a really great point when you say that like our affections for men were learned through those like songs and movies and like now at least there are songs written by women about women and like I don't Mm -hmm. think that was that was absolutely not in mainstream when we were younger so who knows like if it were would we come to this like realization about our sexuality sooner but we were just like clouded and the way that we were raised too I think just in society is like women like men it's not it was still not right. the norm to be queer which is you know oh totally fucked up totally. shockingly yeah absolutely <laughs> fucked up absolutely and like hope I think there's progress being made but it's funny when you look at things and you're like okay it's not that different mm-hmm. but yeah it's true progress there so this is I don't know if this was the same in Texas, but did you, so like the fandom and the marketing around Spice Girls really fascinates me to this day. Mm -hmm. Like the lollipops that they had, like the, they would sell like packaging of like developed photos of the group on their like shoots and stuff. And I was addicted to that stuff. My parents spent Mm -hmm. so much money. I had photo books of the Spice Girls and like um, every day after, on Fridays, we would go to this mini mart that sold the lollipops um, near my friend's house and we would get like a bunch. And so was the same thing happening in Texas, like in retrospect, yeah. probably. But yeah, what was that like for you? 
Yeah, a lot of merch. Um, definitely the Barbie dolls. Mm-hmm. We had those. Oh my god, how could I forget? Um, I remember getting in trouble because I I had this sporty one and I had just like kind of laid her out on my desk and like you know she's like posing and hanging out. My teacher was like, "Who the <laughs> fuck do you think you are? Like, what are you doing?" And I, I remember, yeah, it was insane. Um, a lot of stickers, a lot of I remember like a weird like almost like window decals or something like just really bizarre but yeah it prevalent like, merch they really it they really pushed it and i i mean i just ate it all up my friends and i just ate it all up um oh my God, me too so i guess you know spice girls were they like rooted themselves in like female friendship all that stuff but ashley simpson was a little bit different and she was very much like you know with autobiography it was like her as an individual it wasn't really like you know there wasn't an overt like female empowerment like for the masses message maybe just like on her like individual scale but what what does she mean to you I know you have your show as well so (laughs) this to me is a direct progression which is why I was very happy you wanted to talk about both of them to me there was and my friend David Odyssey if um you know him he we talk about this all the time where unfortunately 9-11 functioned as this kind of collective you know waking up to I don't know almost like a loss of innocence Mm -hmm. for our generation where we're now seeing that we're being gaslit we cannot trust the people that we thought we were going to trust there's confusion there's you know just kind of mass hurt that's not addressed Mm -hmm. and you know, I think on some level as kids, we knew we were not being told the truth mm-hmm. and it ended up leading in pop culture to this kind of death of girl power mm-hmm. to this um, punk, more rebellious, you know, wave. And maybe we were due for that anyway, but I think it, you know, all kind of rolled into Ashley Simpson being obviously chosen in a nepotistic way you know where was she going to get pulled out you know was her voice so amazing was her talent so whatever no it was the look it was the like everyday girl it was like yeah i'm overshadowed by my older sister it was like the true relatability of ashley simpson Mm -hmm. versus the aspiration of the spice girls so ashley to me is just fascinating on every level because a it was the beginning of reality tv yeah. The Ashley Simpson show was incredible and truly aspirational, even though she is, you know, so like unbelievably um, flawed mm-hmm. and on that show and really shows um, she's as her sister was as well. They were not afraid to play into the looking dumb to looking, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And it worked for both of them. It was fun and silly and they're hot and you know, it's great. So with Ashley, I think the autobiography record um, hit a note that we're growing up. We're not, you know, not that the Spice Girls are cheesy now, but that, you know, we have like real shit that we're going through. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it is not that serious, you know? So it's kind of, you know, love makes the world go round, all these kind of like extreme heartbreaking songs where it's actually just, you know, still pretty light at the end of the day but 
Yeah, it, it sort of like grasped the angst in in society, but it wasn't it wasn't too serious that it like brought everybody down. Exactly. It was like still pop was, punk and enjoyable, but somewhere to put the feelings of you know. And granted, you know this is 2004. It's I think when Autobiography came out, so it's you know the waves after 9/11. In my show, I make it very direct that you know she knew about 9/11, and that's um, obviously the timeline does not exactly line up with that, but <laughs> it is. Um, I think it works. I trust you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Yeah. No one's checking the dates. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think there's kind of a direct correlation with that. And like, I don't know if you look at Jerry Hollywell's Instagram right now, which is something that, you know, will depress you. So, you know, mm-hmm. prepare yourself. You look yeah. and she's married to this very, very wealthy man dead behind the eyes. There's no like traces of what it was and it's like so sad so it's almost not that she was there yet but it's kind of like okay who is the new hero who is the new you know person fighting for our feelings and our angst at this time and I think that she filled that role really well as Avril Lavigne did as well Mm -hmm. um but I think Ashley just you know yeah I the cord she also like I just remember what I remember from that time very well is that like, you know, people were really stuck on her appearance and how, you know, Jessica was so like mm. traditionally hot and beautiful. Also like beautiful boobs, like her whole body. Mm-hmm. Boobs is such a weird word to say. <laughs> <laughs> but also like I never feel comfortable saying tits either. I don't know. What a world. So anyways, what back to Jessica's body. Um, yeah, I, I think like with Ashley, her her looks were so imperfect. Like she didn't have a perfect nose. Like and that people really focused on that so it sort of further pushed this like this just I don't know uh point of view or like the feelings in her songs that like she did have so much to live up to and like yeah personally maybe overcome because she's she's always been compared to her sister and I think that even even you know if nepotism is on your side you're still like fighting your own inner demons and that can still just like permeate through your entire life um so I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up um so I I also want to ask you you know when you first heard an Ashley Simpson song or when you the day you bought the the autobiography cd because I remember that day very vividly um my parents had enrolled me in a health and fitness camp for a summer um and yeah it (laughs) it was a time and where'd you grow uh, up I grew up in Queens. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So this was a camp in um, in like the Poconos, I think. And Oh, the MTV did a special about the camp later on called Fat Camp. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so funny. It's wild. So wild. And um, I, you know, I could have gotten booked from that, but I wasn't in that (laughs) that series. (laughs) Damn. yeah, missed opportunity. But uh, on visiting day, my parents came with my best friend to visit me. And we went to like the local mall out in the boondocks in Pennsylvania. And my best friend and I were like, our only intent in that mall was to eat pizza and buy the Ashley Simpson CD. Hell so yeah. like that was the whole purpose of the trip. And it's just burned into my memory. So I mean, yeah, I wanted going to a store to buy CDs. There was nothing more exciting like mm-hmm. I lived for it absolutely lived for it I remember moving stickers to like cover the parental advisory thing so that my mom would still buy it for me like it was just such a it's so funny like 
I think back to how much I would freak out to know that like, oh, you're going to have a phone and it's going to have every single song you could ever want to listen to. Like when burning CDs started happening, I was like, holy shit, like life yeah. is changed. It's just like so wild to have the accessibility that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so true. Yeah. I, I wish. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I was just going to you... get into do you remember like when you bought the CD or is it like, yeah, I would say if not my freshman year of high school, right before that, I think that's the timeline. I would say, I do remember it was like very much my tennis team. We were obsessed with it on our tennis team. And it was like, I remember making my ringtone, um, you know, better off when I was feeling like, you know, over this guy and whatever, like it was Mm -hmm. so literal for me. Like, you know, it was Ashley Simpson. I think Carly Rae Jepsen is very um, similar vibe where there's a song for every feeling that you're feeling. And I think that's why it was easy to write a show around it, which even though, and I guess I should just explain, I wrote a a story of redemption because I think that's what ultimately Ashley Simpson deserves because Mm -hmm. we're talking about her and we're, acknowledging that we connected with her music that she was a fun person to you know to root for and to be around and like had a massive following and still does the only reason her career ended was because of some fucking loser running tech at saturday night live most likely unless some of you know unless there was other sabotage which i do explore in the show you know that it was she knew about 9-11 and the bush administration was sabotaging her career (laughs) and therefore switched the tapes at snl so which i believe that's yeah that has not been proven untrue mm-hmm. um and i invite lauren michaels to defend himself yeah. if he wants to but i invite not, you so. both back on the podcast to debate Perfect. this out actually i'll yeah. call lauren yeah <laughs> get it get him on the line that get him on the horn but i like this messaging of redemption because i don't think that she was given a fair go at it no and like obviously as we're seeing with britney spears right now it's very difficult for our culture to have a woman experience extreme success to, you know, own her sexuality, own her body, own her image and get out of it unscathed. Yeah. It's so it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's what I, what really strikes me for women now is like, now that we have had this like push for progression and I mean, we're nowhere, I think where, we're nowhere near where we need to be or where we should be rather. Um, but now I think we're at a point where there's, yeah, a pressure on women to just be everything um, mm. because we can do so much more than we used to. Um, now we have to be incredible at our careers. We have to be like good wives. We have to be good mothers. Like there's an expectation to just be good at everything. Um, yeah. And I think that the same thing goes for, you know, pop stars. They have to they have to also be funny on social media. They can't just be good at music Mm. like there's those are only two things. But I think the weight of them is very is much like many things. Sure. I mean, we're just like exposed to so much more of our artists now Mm -hmm. than before. Like you bring up like the merch. I remember reading these like biographies of the Spice Girls, of NSYNC, of Hanson, all of them. And, like, these are all very curated images from their camps Mm -hmm. versus now with social and with, like, paparazzi the way it is. There's so much less control 
less control and more control, I guess, but more avenues, you know, yes, more exposure, more everything with celebrities. And it's not easy. I mean, even with comedy, I feel that way as well. It's like, Mm -hmm. you can't just do stand up. You can't just travel around randomly and tell jokes like you're doing everything. You're doing social, film, writing, I'm pitching, you know, I'm like, what did I ever think I was going to be pitching TV shows on Zoom long for like <laughs> by myself? No, no, I did not. I started telling jokes like it's just it's crazy. Yeah, it's that's every therapy session I have. Yeah, it's uh, just like the entertainment industry is demanding in in every way. Sorry yeah. to tangent no 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 it's it's true and I think it's related to what we're talking about um because there was always like pressure on women but it's just like it's changed in a way to be like more like it's taken advantage of their increased independence and just like made it more in a way yeah Um, it's like okay well you want more freedom and you want to be thought of as a person well now you have all of the responsibilities in the world yeah which enjoy yeah yeah. which it's like well that's not exactly fair because I don't know that everyone is being is is given those expectations um yeah so just a thought (laughs) absolutely absolutely and I think that that's what sometimes the the female pop star represents is like that independence and that like ability to do it all. And I think when things really turned for Britney Spears is when she did start actually living that part of her life, which mm-hmm. is getting married and having babies. And did she do it the way that America wanted her to do it? No. And yeah. that's, you know, yeah, that's the turn. That's another, another, I don't want to say tragic because I think especially now, like she is reclaiming her independence in a way, or it's like, you know, she's fighting for herself in a way that she's always been or she's been kept silent not always but for the past like few years um so I'm, I'm hoping there's a turning point coming where you know she can be a little bit more free but yeah she's another yeah. great example of like you know a woman who should be completely in charge of herself and who can should be expected to like maintain her mental health and in a way that doesn't make her like a prisoner in her own home and still like you know there are presences in her life that try and take advantage of that right but it's like to maintain your own mental health after going through what any person like what any person would experience going through that like insane yeah insane and like it just really seems um once you hit that level where everyone feels like they are entitled to you and they're entitled to make money off of you they're entitled to know everything about you it just really will unravel anyone, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think, yeah, money does play a huge part in it and shifts other people's motives too. So, yeah, it's not it's not to be ignored either. And I think what makes people angry sometimes about female pop stars, like knowing that they're making that much money mm-hmm. and like living that well and like the kind of like who do you think you are type thing. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it just seems like people are just very ready for – female pop stars failure which I guess with the Spice Girls it's kind of really lucky that that didn't happen yeah it's sort of just they all decided that they wanted to focus on their solo careers which is nice there was no like dramatic ending in a way that like someone had someone's image had to suffer or someone personally had to suffer um I do remember a controversy with sorry uh I do remember a controversy with Jerry uh and like nude photos leaking um right and that being like a really big thing. And 
I think, yeah, it's just another example of, you know, people not recognizing that uh, a woman is a sexual person and is like yeah. allowed to do whatever she wants with her body. I don't really know the details of it, to be honest. So, you know, maybe I won't talk too much about it, but I do remember, you know, that being another thing that they had to like sort of deal with. Ugh, that's Even at that time. the worst. That's the fucking worst. Like, I feel, I don't know her. I've not spoken to her about this, but I feel like Jennifer Lawrence is probably so fucked up over her <laughs> situation. Like, I just feel like she had, like, everything was really going for her, and she was, like, really trying to, like, be herself or mm-hmm. this persona that was, you know, a more grounded, you know, quote-unquote, real person persona. And I just feel that after that scandal for her it really yeah knocked her off you know and i can't imagine maybe i'm sure there's a lot of people who are like who the fuck cares there's naked pictures of me and it doesn't matter and maybe jennifer lawrence feels like that too yeah but i think on the flip side that can also feel so (laughs) insanely violating and like a literal sexual assault by the world like and i don't know that's just the feeling i have about jennifer lawrence I, I definitely think you're onto something because it, it at at that time it still felt like I don't know I think I wonder if now if like you know a, a celebrity was to leak their own nudes if it would be sure. met with the same sort of like shock or whatever but yeah if I think any time a celebrity's nudes are leaked also without their like knowledge or consent it's but it's that's the only one like everyone awful. wants exactly that's yeah. the one that people want it's like <laughs> yeah. oh, they're not supposed to see and you know. Yeah, it's so fucked. Yeah, it is really fucked. But um, on a lighter note, I actually, I forgot yes. to send this to you. So feel free to take, you know, a couple minutes to think about it. But we usually ask at the end of each episode um, if you could. So the pandemic's kind of over. Well, mm. the pandemic's not over, sure. but we're moving in that direction. Moving, Things yeah, feel more good. open. Yeah. Um, so what is, you know, a Spice Girl song or an Ashley Simpson song that you mm. would just push your door open to and strut down the street and walk along with I mean I think never give up on the good times is like you know maybe even two on the nose but you know very good <laughs> very very good say that yeah I love that song and you know what spice up your life will never not do it for me I know that's a, you know not when I like to pick the b-sides you know to give people you know some depth but the spice up your life is <laughs> A fantastic song and I always not that the performance is amazing but the pageantry of them I don't know if they were opening or closing the Olympics when they all came out on those cars yes and they're on top of oh, the cars God. and they're like going in the pattern of the Union Jack I know it's just so good <laughs> yeah I would say those two Okay, good. I I think we can be on the nose with this pick. Um cool. I I just remember like the I think I remember the like dance move a little bit, but just that beginning, like la 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 oh la, God, like yeah. it just was soul shaking in a way because yes. it started so like subtly, kind of, and then it just erupts into this like just cr- chaos ultimately. It, totally, and it's just uh, like so it takes up so much space, and it's just like I, that's what I love about the Spice Girls is like ugh. they're like you're not gonna not notice us, yeah, and it's yeah. fantastic. We love you, Spice Girls. We love you, Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah, I keep tabs on all of them, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Beckham family will never not be um, fascinating to me. Yes, I follow I the son. Into- 
on. Oh, oh really? you do? Uh, I do. Brooklyn, I think he takes photos. Yeah. 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 His photos are really good. Yeah. Yeah. But he does. He does a good job. I don't know anything else really about them, though. Just that they're posh and. Right. I f- feel like they just encapsulate that. That. Yeah. And I feel like she that was giving England what they wanted. Mm-hmm. That was, you know. Are the best we have to offer, the closest to royalty, essentially, that we have, which is our Spice Girl and our football man. Yeah. And bringing them together, perfect. It was, you know. Is there any, we can, yeah. Is there anyone that you relate to now more that you didn't back then or anyone you're more interested mm. in now that you weren't? I mean, I think... I didn't know a lot about Mel B before. Like I love learning about like the Eddie Murphy years and like what she's up to now. I love her Instagram. Um, I mean, yeah, I think my, my heartbreak over Jerry, that's a change that, you know, I don't know. It just makes me feel like the girls are probably like the fuck happened. (laughs) Like, Oh my God. But she did the tour and everything. So I mean, Victoria, I like kind of always felt was like a bit boring mm-hmm. when I was younger. And now I'm kind of like, okay, she's entertaining to me. She's kind of chic. And I find her constant uh, entrepreneurial nature uh, also entertaining <laughs> yeah. as well. I, I always like, I couldn't, for several of them, I could still recognize their voices. For Victoria, I'm still not sure what her singing voice sounds like, to be honest. No, me either. And, you know, she can't move her face, which yeah. I love. I, I love watching that. I love watching her emote just as much so as she can. Slightly. Yes. As a Botox girl myself, I'm like, I see you. Mm-hmm. I see the heaviness in the brows and I love you. You got to yeah. do what you got to do sometimes, you know? I know. So that's incredible. Melissa, thank you so much for being here today. Listen, this is a true pleasure. My absolute favorite things to discuss. I'm so glad to hear that. Do you want to tell everybody where to follow you? And I know you host Hose with Feelings with Carolina Teresa and you have Starfuckers at Union Hall, but where can people yeah. follow you? Yeah, um, I'm at Melissa underscore Rich underscore on Instagram. Love and underscore. I think it's the same on Twitter. Um, and yeah, Hose with Feelings comes out on Thursdays. Yay. iTunes, Spotify, wherever. Yeah. Everybody go subscribe. It's a great podcast. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. The Bot Pod. A podcast for the stance.